Dear Posh Gods, I confess My emotions have been a mess Cause you changed everything we ever knew From winter to poison and the Queen Walk too I've been wrong I was wrong That's how hard night Way too long Getting the hearts and bow for race I pushed that button and believe in you again Welcome to episode 76 of Pineapples and Thorns. I'm Kat and I have Peter with me again tonight. Hey Peter, how's it going? Hello Kat. Wonderful, thanks. How are you? I'm excellent. You're full of energy tonight, I see. Yep. <laughs> All well, right. Still at work, but ready to record. Excellent. You want to take us into some CFF news? Yes, I'm just going to start with a quick update. The Vine will return next show. Uh, in my not thinking, Everyone left for SCWL, they left the clan, and of course I use Clash of Stats to get all these numbers, and half the people are, more than half, two-thirds of the people aren't in the clan, so the Vine will return that next show. To be continued. To be continued. The Valentine's Day Massacre, it's coming February 10th. This is an FC event. Uh, if you sign up, you will join the event clan, and that's to be determined yet. You'll join the event clan, and then at the stroke of seven, everyone will post an FC. You go looking for your FC and you hit the base above yours. Highest score, um, or no, I think there's two star, 80% or 70%, excuse me, get to remain yeah. in the clan. Mm -hmm. And then everyone who does not meet that criteria leaves. And they'll uh, slowly work the percentages up and slowly whittle the people down until crown. Uh, someone is crowned the winner. That one sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, super fun. I'm signed up for that. Are you? I have not signed up. Saturday, filling up weekend, fast. My, my weekends are not my own, so yes. I just have to play it by ear. I'll, I'll have to just try to figure it out closer to the deadline. Okay. Another thing coming up, though, is the Trojan War. Because it's a leap year this February, we're going to spin, and this, again, for all Town Hall 16s, spin a 50-person war, and we're going to attack in the last, I believe, 15 minutes of that war. Mm-hmm. Trojan Wars are fun. Big wars are fun. So just something to do because it's a leap year this year. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah. the CFF esports team. This is hosted by the guys at SOG. And they've, you know, kindly reached out and said, you know, they're willing to lend their expertise to um, getting the teams coordinated. So I know they have one full team. I think they have maybe room for one or two other people right now um, making a second team. So if you're interested in some esports stuff, sign up. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we did those 5v5 things on Friday nights just to kind of keep the monotony of Town Hall 15 away. So this this is better. I think with Town Hall 16, <laughs> there's actually some hope of three-starring. Yeah, so much better. And then last but not least, poor Cat had to take that challenge from C-Note and, and Evil. And you know, I think they're still trying to wrap their heads around they've actually had the challenge accepted by Cat and Ace. So yeah, that yeah, will yeah. remain to be seen, whether they stream that or what we're going to do. We're going to try because a lot of people are heavily invested in the outcome of who wins Coke versus Pepsi. And I mean, really, Coke has already smashed Pepsi twice. Twice, yeah. In previous wars. So, you know, Ace and I are ready to do it again. So just waiting for Ceno and Evil to work their courage up to set a date. And have you heard what town hall levels? Or are you just going to match with what they propose? Um, we're definitely going to be running our 16s, both our 16s, uh, and probably a, a Town Hall 15 or two. I'm not too sure yet. We'll we'll figure out the breakdown. We'll let everybody know. That'll be great. Yeah. All right. Well, tonight we have a very special guest with us, Jim Shorts Gaming. Jim, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with you, can you give us a brief clash history? We'll break it into you because you, we know that you took a, a clash break. So let's talk about pre-break first. Um, let us know when you started playing clash of clans and why, why you started playing. And I mean, why you took a break? Um, yeah. So I don't remember the exact time frame when I started playing, I believe it was around town hall nine or 10. Um, it was, you know, just kind of a super casual thing, looking for something to play to keep myself busy and, 
I was, uh, you know, very casual, kind of, you know, here and there playing it, taking breaks every now and then. And I think when, I can't remember if it was Town Hall 11 or 12 came out, I started playing a lot more consistently. I really just kind of got excited with the new stuff that was coming out, and it really just kind of drew me back in, you know, and then, of course, life happens and, you know, oftentimes takes priority. Mm-hmm. So I took about a, I'm going to say two and a half year break um, before coming back to it. Yeah. And you, you had mentioned that before your break, you played a little bit competitively. You want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Uh, tell us about the teams you played for and, and what town halls you played? Yeah. So um, when I came back and decided that I wanted to play again, I told myself that the only way I was going to do that is if I, you know, decided to play competitively. I wanted to see if I could sit at the big kids table, so to speak. You know, I watched a ton of YouTube videos, uh, Twitch streams, watched matches, taking notes on what people are doing with certain, you know, certain strategies on certain bases. I had my first tryout with um, WHF and that, you know, did not go so well first time <laughs> around. Um, you know, they're a very organized, structured family, and I didn't make it through the first portion of the tryout. So, you know, I took a brief, you know, two or three week break and just, you know, practiced. And then the second time around, I tried out for um, One Hive. At the time, I was watching a lot of uh, Eric streams. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Eric. Mm-hmm. He's a great sure. streamer. Yeah. You know, I was really a fan of One Hive at the time. Um, so I tried out with them. And, you know, that tryout went a little bit better. But, you know, same thing. I didn't make it through. Um, I learned a lot from them, though. Got some really good feedback on how to improve. So I took that the lessons from there and I went back for a second tryout with WHF. You know, I made it through that tryout and got brought into the, into the family over at WHF. Nice. And so for example, like when you're going through a tryout, because uh, many of our listeners wouldn't know what's involved in trying out for uh, one of these old league clans, what, what kind of process was involved with you trying out? Can you walk us through that? Um, yeah, so with WHF, you know, like I said, they're very structured, very regimented. Everything was done, you know, for a reason with a purpose. And the tryouts were my first kind of, I don't know, dabble into that. You know, it started off as an interview process. Um, you know, you go through, one of the leaders comes in and interviews you, asks you a bunch of questions. Then if you make it through that part, then you go into the actual tryout which is, you know, they'll give you a base to hit and, you know, the object is to triple it. They'll watch how you do your attack. And then if you don't triple it, then they'll give you some feedback on it. And then they'll give you opportunity to either, you know, try again with the same strategy using the feedback or a different strategy. And then after that, you repeat the process one or two more times with different bases and different strategies because they want to see how versatile you are. Mm And then from there, if you manage to make it through that, then it's just, uh, you know, get into the more detail, like, okay, what are you looking to get out of this? Are you okay with doing things how we do it? Um, kind of thing. So uh, the second time around, it was a lot more, you know, I, I, I had a better kind of understanding of how things went and I had the familiarity there. So I feel like it was a lot easier um, having previously had the experience. For sure. Are there any... Uh wars or or competitions that stand out in your mind about your your time with WHF? I don't know about wars, like specific wars or matches, just more so the way that they did things. When you did wars, or let's take let's take SCWL for example, you had to go through a sign up process where it has its own they have their own dedicated server for CWL and Everybody that wants to take part in it has to go through a sign-up process. And from there, once the sign-ups are complete, leadership gets together and they break out teams between five or six different clans that they have dedicated for CWL. 
and then everybody spins from there. But even with regular wars, the way that matches work is you're not allowed to make an attack unless you, you know, take a, you know, write out a detailed explanation of your plan with a sketch, you know, take a screenshot of a base, run it through a server, and then, you know, draw out your plan of what you want to do, post it in a channel on the server, and then you have to wait for feedback from your teammates and then wait for somebody to give you the go-ahead. You know, if if your plan is solid, you can do it. If it's not, then you get together and you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then they typically don't want you or don't want anybody to hit unless you have one or two people that are available to hop on voice with you so they can spot you. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, they're very big on the team aspect of it and being thorough, making sure that, you know, nobody's just trying to be a hero doing whatever they think is going to work if that makes sense yeah totally i you know you know the average clasher is out there you know you look at a base for you know a few minutes and that would probably be fairly detailed people may not be familiar with the more organized clans who are involved in uh, the community leagues like the old uh, mlcw and cwl and uh, the more competitive esports how much planning actually can go into preparing for an attack. Right. So, uh, did you do any streaming or content creation during that time? Um, yeah. So I, you know, very briefly dabbled into streaming. Um, it was something I was really interested at the time and I still am, but I had just an absolutely terrible setup. I had everything running off of my laptop with all of my streaming equipment hooked up to it, my phone and tablet hooked up to it (laughs) on a, you know, very tiny little desk that I bought from Ikea when I moved out of my parents' house (laughs) in my living room right next to my kitchen. And I did it without a camera because I didn't have room for a whole setup. And I was only streaming my Legends hits and... You know, I tried to, once I got into esports and we got our team established, I tried to stream, you know, matches when I wasn't playing. But um, I definitely do want to try to get back into it at some point because I, you know, I definitely enjoy it. And I want to, you know, see if I can build my brand and make it work from there. Sure. You mentioned esports. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in esports and, and the team, uh, what you liked, what you disliked. Yeah, so, you know, at the time I got into esports was when I joined WHF. Um, At the time, WHF was a feeder group for Tribe Gaming, back when Tribe had a predominantly North American team. Um, So, you know, WHF had two main clans, you know, WHF and then WHF2. And unless you were, you know, one of the top players, you were always put in WHF2, and then you had to work your way up from there. And then whenever Tribe needed players, they would pull from the main group. But then after, I can't remember which year it was, but Tribe switched to an all-German team. And from there, they split with WHF. Um, so we kind of went and did our own thing. And, you know, WHF was already pretty established in esports. They had one main esports team with all the powerhouses. And then and we had three or four other teams that were getting established as well. And I had expressed an interest in it at the time. And, you know, they said, I talked to leadership about it and they said, hey, we're, you know, we're getting another team put together. If you want to, you know, get with these guys, we'd love to get a fifth team launched. And Mm -hmm. so I got together and we, you know, we sat down and talked about it. We came up with a plan and we launched a new team called WHF Old World. And um, it was very stressful for me um, one of my good friends, old me, that helped me get into competitive playing was the leader, you know, manager of our team. And he, you know, expressed that he didn't want this to be a long-term thing. He was looking to get out of, you know, Clash of Clans. He had some stuff going on he had to take care of. Um, and so he kind of showed me the ropes a little bit about how to manage the team. And then eventually, once I got settled, he turned the ropes over to me full-time. So I took over as a manager and a player, and it was very, very stressful for me, um, you know, trying to organize tournaments for us, you know, getting mm-hmm. us into servers, figuring out which tournaments do we want to do, which ones do we not want to do, 
getting, you know, a solid roster, finding times for us to do, you know, friendly wars. We were very spread out um, geographically. We were, you know, we had players from the West Coast to East Coast, all the way from Australia to Greece. Oh, boy. So trying to organize tournaments was fine. But then, it, you know, when it came time for us to have a match, trying to get enough people to show up for a match was a process in and of itself and then from there turning around and playing Mm -hmm. in that same match was a nightmare i can imagine yeah and there was just so much more to managing an esports team than i realized especially starting out as a brand new team um you know we were very fortunate to have a pretty deep library of bases to use but you know, as time goes by and you start playing more and more matches, you start to burn through those bases pretty quickly. Oh, so sure. one of the biggest challenges we had was um, where do we get our bases? And, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, high quality base builders out there that want to build for a brand new team that is not established. Yeah, for sure. And so it, you know, it came down to me buying bases buying packs of bases from base building groups like uh, RH base building, uh, Blueprint base building, you know, going and buying packs from them mm-hmm. to make sure that we had fresh bases for all of our matches because it was impossible to get a quality base builder to build bases for us because we, you know, nobody knew who we were. Right. So um, that was probably one of the most difficult parts for us. And, you know, we didn't do very well, but I think the main part, of that was we never had a chance to develop chemistry with each other, which I think is so huge for any team to have. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all the great teams, like we did a friendly war against Tribe Gaming one time, and they absolutely destroyed us. I don't even think we put up, we might have put up nine stars <laughs> against them, um, but they didn't put a perfect war up against us. I will take pride in that. They only put up 14 stars <laughs> instead of 15. You take that victory. Uh, yeah, but you know, they I talked to a couple people on their side and they all of their free time is friendly wars. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. they're not doing their legend sets or whatever it is they're doing, they're doing friendly wars. They're spinning challenges all the time. Yeah. And with how spread out we were, you know, geographically, it was very difficult for us to come together to do that. So and then you know, having people that commit to having playing in a match and then backing out later, trying to find replacements. It was very difficult for us to develop any kind of chemistry. So I think that was ultimately our biggest downfall. As stressful as it was, it was a very fun experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. That sounds awesome. So do you have any specific advice that you'd give to anybody who wants to start out in esports? Um, I would say practice, 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 practice. Um, you know, I, I'm a very competitive person. Um, naturally I grew up in sports, so that's where, that's where it comes from. I learned how to be competitive from a very young age and everything I do, whether it's clash or anything in life, I'm very competitive at it. And so, you know, I got to a certain point where, you know, I wasn't watching TV in my free time. I was watching, if I was doing anything, it was watching YouTube videos and streams and, I would watch like Gaku would, he always streams his legend sits and I would always just pop in, watch what he does, take notes. Okay. He's, where is he placing his heroes? You know, is he waiting? How long is he waiting to use a siege machine? What kind of siege machine is he using? What is he doing with this type of base? Is it a box base? Is it a ring base? Is it an anti two-star base? Mm -hmm. What are the different things that these guys are using and just taking notes as much as I could, and then trying to incorporate that into what I was doing. And then another thing that I still do, and I think is super helpful as well, is I rotate strategies every season for Legends League. So every at the beginning of every season, I typically try to rotate to a new strategy to try to make myself more diverse and give myself more tools so I don't have to rely on just one or two strategies. That's great advice. So I think that was key. We didn't have a lot of that on our team. Everybody just kind of specialized in one or two things. Mm -hmm. So 
it became a hindrance when people, you know, build bases a certain way. And I don't feel like you really see that unless you're playing at the highest level where, you know, you have teams like like Tribe Gaming or Navi where they're building against certain teams. They're not building against the meta or building against a certain strategy. They're building bases against teams. Right. Yes. Because of how often they play each other, you know, you don't see a lot of top teams that build bases against the meta or against strategies. You typically see that in your lower levels of competition where where your competition is way more, you know, way more spread out where you're not playing against, you very rarely play against the same teams multiple times at, you know, the lower levels of uh, esports. So let's talk a little bit about uh, current, currently what you're doing. You recently come back to play. How are you finding the game with all the changes? I mean, Clash has changed quite a bit, obviously, between Town Hall 15 and Town Hall 16. Now there's huge changes. What Town Halls are you currently playing? Um, Yeah, so I have three accounts right now. I have my main, which is, let's see, it will be maxed within the next two weeks, I'd say. will be fully maxed except for equipments. And those darn walls. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I'm I'm down to my last. I think I just got on a few minutes before we started recording. I was down to I think 34, 35 walls left, wow. and then my elixir storages. Um, so I anticipate probably by Valentine's Day I'll be fully maxed on that account, with the exception of the equipments. And then I also have a Town Hall 15 that I use um, specifically for donations, not only for myself but for my clan, both my clans, and. Um, I have another account that's a Town Hall 16, but in reality, it's really a, probably a Town Hall 8 or 9 um, that I was in a hurry to rush for some reason. So now <laughs> I'm trying to play catch up and I'm focusing on it mainly because I'm going to be maxed so soon on my main. So I want to have something to do. Right. So my goal is to see how far I can get it by the end of this year with, uh, you know, some financial help throughout the way I... <laughs> I mean, I, I have a rule about how I spend money on Clash. Like, I I budget myself out, you know, $20 every, you know, month or every other month for gems because of how much I donate for oh, yeah. all of our clans. And then on this account that I'm upgrading right now, the only money I spend will be on um, on the offers in the shop. So I won't be buying any gems on that account, I'll just be buying whatever I find valuable out of the offers mm-hmm. that, that come through. So do you have a, a favorite town hall to play? It could be current, could be past. You know, do you have an all-time favorite town hall? I'm really liking Town Hall 16 right now just because of the addition of the equipments. I think it really opens up a new way to play and it really changes how people strategize, how they approach bases, especially in combination with the pets, with how many pets there are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's definitely pets that you don't really ever see used. And I think it's the same right now with equipments. Um, but I don't feel like all the equipments have really had a chance to be utilized yet. I think people are still trying to figure it out. So I think trying to find how different combinations of pets and equipments work with different strategies is really interesting to me. I would say probably Town Hall 16 is my favorite right now. And and do you have like a a go-to attack strategy when you're sort of pressed for time, you know, and you, you just want to get your hits in? What would you use? I would say probably a hybrid. I love, I'm a sucker for a a nice queen charge hybrid. Mm, I love that attack. One of my biggest weaknesses is being able to queen charge. I'm absolutely terrible (laughs) at charging. So, you know, more often than not, it's either going to be a one star or a three star. (laughs) Yeah. And there's very little wiggle room there. Yeah. So it's all kind of dependent on how my queen charge goes. Um, but I think there are different ways to kind of go about doing hybrid now. You know, the kind of meta, I guess you would call it for hybrid, is using, a, you know, a, a siege barracks mm-hmm. with the hogs. But um, we have a player in my clan who has been using hybrid for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. And he has been using the drill. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, using the drill with super hogs in the CC, and he is tripling more often than not with it. Yeah, that drill is underrated, I think. Yeah, and I don't think I don't 
want to say it's never been done before, but I don't feel like you ever see somebody use hybrid without using the barracks. Um, obviously for the, you know, the additional troops that you get out of it besides what comes out of the CC. But um, I think the equipment for the King that's available now really kind of allows for some more diversity with how you use your siege machines. Um, I think his combination is the vamp stash and the, the rage vial. So he's able to, set the funnel a lot easier where he doesn't have to rely on the, you know, the Pekka mm-hmm. and the wizards to help with the funnel. So it gives him the the leeway to kind of adjust how he uses the siege machine with how he has the equipment paired up. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about competitive play. Do you think you personally would ever get back into playing as a competitive player? Absolutely. The only way I'll do it is if I don't have to manage another team. I either have to do one or the other. Either I'm going to manage or I'm going to play. Yeah, that makes sense. And the reason I say that is because after a while, it really just started to feel like a job Mm -hmm. to me. So it really kind of took all the fun out of it for me. I didn't want to come home from work and then have a, you know, we had a lot of times where our matches were either right when I got home or an hour after I got home from work. And I had a couple of times where I even did our matches from work. (laughs) But, you know, just coming home, dealing with what I deal with on a daily basis at work and then have to try to organize and play it just started to feel like work on top of work Mm -hmm. so um it just kind of ruined the fun for me and i wasn't enjoying it and i think if i could have just been a player the whole time and not had to manage i would still be doing it because i still have that competitive itch right and i still have the drive to be competitive you know we do our wars even in cwl i'm always hitting the top three bases typically Mm -hmm. And unless I just don't like any of the bases, I never go below the top five. I'm typically always within the top three of which bases I hit. You know, I want to hit the bases that are maxed. I want to hit the top bases on the other team. I always ask, you know, our leaders to try to be more competitive, even internally. You know, let's let's do friendly wars with each other. So, you know, the, the drive hasn't gone away for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the right situation comes along where I can, you know, be helpful to a team or, you know, share my knowledge or if anybody needs a a fifth player or a person to come off the bench, I would love to lend a hand if it makes sense. For sure. So for for streaming, are you planning to get back into that? And uh, kind of what drives you to, to want to stream? So to answer your first question, I would love to get back into it. The situation that I have right now, living wise, doesn't allow for me to be able to do it but later on down the road it i definitely would love to get back into it and um as for what kind of drives me to want to do it um i've always loved in sports you see it more now where players are retiring and then joining commentary teams immediately after retiring yeah you see it more in the nfl right now and i just love the idea and i love watching where a player can be commentating on a game and he can tell you exactly what's going on or what's going to happen. And I love seeing that. I think what really kind of drove me to want to do it with clash was watching Itsu. You know, Itsu yeah. is a world championship player mm-hmm. and he is probably one of the most respected streamers and casters in the entire community. Oh, definitely. And you look at other people that have followed in his footsteps, like Lexnos, also a world championship qual- uh, caliber player, you know, taking his, turn at casting and you have was it maxi you know just retired a couple years ago from tribe gaming joining the casting teams you know just being able to share your insight and combining that with personal experiences is always been something that i've been super intrigued in and i want to you know try my hand at it at some point and see if i can have some success with it you mentioned before that you're you know dabbling every month with the different legends league do you do you find town hall 16 is relatively balanced right now so i think it's balanced right now no we're what a month and a half two months into the update um people are still catching up defenses are still being upgraded you know people are still kind of figuring everything out so i don't think it's balanced right now but i think it will be as more defenses become upgradable we all remember how difficult town hall 15 was yeah as more stuff became available to upgrade how it just kind of balanced out you know pretty quickly once the you know second or third updates came out and you know it just went from being okay this is you know this is kind of doable to being like 
you know, what the heck. Yeah, it did become what the heck, didn't it? Yes. Now we're, you know, we're all struggling. We're all kind of going through it. And I think that's where we're going to get as time goes on. I think that, you know, with the addition of new equipments, that it's always going to kind of lean more towards the offensive side of things. So I don't think it's going to be perfectly balanced, but what game is ever perfectly balanced? You know, there's always going to be, you know, issues. Everybody's going to have their own opinion of how they view the balancing. But I think that it's always going to kind of lean more towards the offense as they add new equipments or people start getting equipments maxed out. I think there's always going to be more favor towards the offense as opposed to defensive strategizing. And I think that might've been their point eh, of splitting off those abilities that leaves the, the defensive King or the defensive queen as uh, not as powerful as she would be on offense, right? When the equipment um, adds to their stats, I, I think they really did that on purpose. So that'll let us keep leveling up our heroes. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, and I apologize. I kind of tie everything into sports because that's what I know and what I have known my whole life. So I'll tie this back into sports too. You see how high scoring like basketball games are right now, yeah. all time highs and points scored per game. Whereas, you know, you look even 10 years ago, you had to, you know, play your best game ever to be able to come close to some of these scores. Yeah. And I think that's just where everything is right now in terms of gameplay, competition, everything. It's just, I don't think people get excited about defense of any kind, whether it's in sports or in a game. I don't think people get excited about, you know, not being able to triple right, or watching a match and it's not 14-13 or, mm-hmm. you know, 15-14. I think if you have matches that are, you know, 11 stars to 10 or, you know, 12 to 10, I think that people are going to lose interest. And I think that's just where we are as a society where we want to see, you know, the flash and uh, (laughs) the pop. And we want to see, you know, we want to see, you know, the glitz and glamour of everything. Yeah. If you could change something right now in the game, what, what would you change? If I could change something right now, I think, I mean, I'm a sucker for, um, defense. So I would love to see more ways of being able to counter offense with defense. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult for base builders and teams to build um, bases now with how versatile everything is becoming. Um, I know my personal experience, all I've seen in Legends League since Town Hall 16 came out has been box bases. <laughs> yes. You know, Every every now and then I'll see a anti three star base, but you know ninety eight percent of the time it's typically box bases yeah, for sure. And I don't know if that's just where we're at right now, or um, you know, unfortunately I haven't had a chance to watch as many matches as I would like to, so I've kind of been out of the loop as far as um, what the pros are doing. But I think it's definitely going to be more difficult to strategize to try to you know, prevent the triples. So I'd love to see what, you know, Supercell has in stores, you know, down the road as they start introducing more things into into the game. Would you like to see a root rider nerf? Yes. Absolutely. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't I don't want it, but I wonder, you know, they just they crash through every wall, no matter I think it, uh the gold pass just dropped, so I didn't have my builder bonus on it. I think it's nine million for a wall. Then they just walk through it like it's nothing. That that makes it tough on base builders. Right. Yeah. So I have been using Root Riders since since the event ended, um, the cookie event. Um oh, yeah. And I was having some pretty good success with the Root Riders. Um I was doing a Queen Charge Root Riders uh last season and this season I switched to Root Riders with the Valks and the skeleton spells. Yes. We got a couple people in claim using that. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I went seven for eight on triples and then today I went six for eight. Nice. Um, so, you know, we'll see how the, how the season progresses, but I think with how, you know, kind of overpowered everything has been from the event troops to, you know, root riders, I think you kind of see how unbalanced the game is right now and how much emphasis there is on catching up. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always struggled to get above, you know, like 5,500 trophies has typically always been my cap, you know, where I, I, I just can't seem to get above low legends and I've set personal bests each of the last three seasons. Okay. Um, so, 
you know, last season I, I finished just under 5,800. Um, the season before it was just over 5,800. I'm at 50, almost 5,500 right now. Um, I think I have one or two defenses left, but I think you kind of see just kind of what the state of the game is right now. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting right now. Do you love the spirit Fox and and which hero? Yes. Which hero have you got that on? Uh, I have it on my, uh, Royal champion. Okay. Yep. The spirit Fox was the very first upgrade I did. Mm-hmm. I had it, I had it maxed out day one. Wow. <laughs> and you know, that's just kind of the player I am ever since I think it was town hall 13 or town hall 14. The last, you know, couple town halls, I've always bought in the packs on day one. Yes. That's just the kind of player I am. You know, I'm not a, I've spent a lot more money on this game than I would care to admit. <laughs> Um, but you know, I don't spend money all the time. I'm definitely more frugal with it now, but the last few years I've never not spent money on a town hall update. Mm -hmm. So those deals are hard to pass up. Right. Exactly. They're hard to pass up. And I think this is the longest it's taken me to get, you know, maxed through the first update in the last couple of years. I've always had them, you know, maxed out within the first few weeks in the past. So, um, I had to be a little more you know, frugal with my finances since I'm playing on three accounts now. So yes. and then I had to kind of pick my options more carefully. And then what other pets are you using? Um, so I've been using, um, when I was doing the Queen Charge Root Riders, I had Frosty with my Warden. Um, but with switching to the the Valkyries, I switched out Frosty with uh, Diggy. So yeah. I'm experimenting for a week or so seeing how diggy works with the warden with the strategy and then i want to try doing a week with frosty and see how much of a difference there is and see which one kind of works out better um and then you know i you know typical i keep the unicorn with the queen and the phoenix with the king so i feel like you know right now that's the strongest combination of pets and heroes based on my experiences yes so far um so i'm just kind of experimenting swapping out diggy and frosty with my warden to see which combination pairs up better with the strategy very good i i want the poison loser to get more love but it never seems to it seems to have its moments right sometimes you know that that. yeah the warden walk when all the heroes are at the edge sometimes helpful but anyway oh absolutely so speaking of spending money lunar new year's coming and we know we always get some epic skins or do you spend money on skins? I try not to, unless I really like it. You know, I there's probably 20 plus skins in the shop that I haven't bought yet, just because I don't want to, and I don't really like them all that much. Um, so I just bought the gold pass this morning on all of my accounts, yes. and I love this RC skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really I, nice. It looks super cool. I'm curious. I mean, I, I saw the video this morning yes. for the the event, so I'm curious when the other skins are going to come out. But um, I typically try not to buy skins unless it just, like, totally catches my attention. I think my favorite skins all time, I have the, on the queen, I have the, what is it, the warrior queen. Oh, okay, yeah. From the previous, or two the, previous Lunar New Year's, yes. Yeah, and then the, the Lunar King, mm-hmm. where he's, like, the tiger. tiger. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And those are those are probably hands down my two favorite skins uh in the entire game. And I like it just because of they change how the archers and barbs spawn as well. It changes their appearances too. Yep. I love the little flaming swords. That's that's such a great Yeah. So that was that was that was my favorite part as well. <laughs> how about you, Kat? What are your two favorite skins right now? Are you still running the Halloween ones? No, no. My all time favorite is the magic set because it was a set and it was probably the most cohesive set they ever put out. Okay. Um, definitely, I am going to buy these Lunar Dragon hero skins. They look gorgeous. Um, yeah, once I see them, then I'll be able, it'll be a toss-up between the magic ones and, and these ones. I am still running the Halloween ones. I really like the Ghost King. I don't know what it is, just the floating weapon. It seems very ominous. Did you see the sneak preaks of what the event troops could be? That uh, water dragon. And what was that other one called? Ah, oh, you, you posted it here for me. What was that called? Ooh, the firecracker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you, have you seen these, Jim? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, you know, I kind of got turned off by the event troops with this last, this last cookie event. I So I joined... 
I pushed back into Legends with like four days left in the season, and I posted three perfect days in a row. And then on the last day, I went seven for eight. So I, you know, four days left, I get into Legends, and then I push almost 900 trophies in four days. That's crazy. And, you know, it's just like, what are. What are, we, what are we doing right now? And <laughs> I think it's, I saw how, you know, upset the pro community was with it, yeah. but I don't think it's as easy of a fix. Uh-oh. You know, my kind of perspective on it is that, you know, you kind of have to be careful about how you, how you do it. If you put something new in the game and it's not very good from the start, are you going to be more inclined to use it as time goes on? Probably, Probably not. not. Right. Because it, it's not good, but if you put something new into the game and it's great, even if you nerf it, you're still going to be more inclined to use it. So I think it's a very fine line of how you do things. I personally think it's better to put something in the game that's too strong at first and then nerf it. Mm-hmm. You know, it only took a few days for them to nerf the the spells in the cookie event. Yeah, that's true. You know, it took them, what, three or four days to nerf it. So, and then you saw immediately how strong the nerf was. You know, we had a war starting the day they nerfed it. And I remember logging on and I barely two-starred both of my attacks. And I was like, what in the world just happened? happened? Like, yeah. And so I think it's a very fine line that, you know, as developers, they walk. But I think it also comes back to, you know, they have to decide who they want to cater to. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they want to cater to the pros and or do they want to cater to the casuals. And, you know, you see you can go on Twitter right now and see how the pro community is not happy with the state of the game right now. They think it's too easy. They think there should be more done to make the game more competitive or more difficult. But I don't think it's that easy. I think you have to really kind of look at where your player base is. You know, you have if you look at the pro community, how many people are playing at the absolute highest level of the game right now? Probably two to five hundred people that are, you know, you know, elite top tier Clash of Clans players, probably under 500 people. Right. So you have the one percent on this side and then you go and look at the 99 percent. Clash of Clans averages 75 million monthly users. So, you know, on one hand, you have your pro community, which you're committing over a million dollars a year to for worlds and community tournaments and whatnot. Or you have the player base where you're getting all your money from. Exactly. You're getting all your money from the the 75 million people that, you know, some of them might not play the game every day, but, you know, a fair amount of them will spend money on the game. Agreed. So, you know, it you kind of have to, if you make the game too difficult and cater to pros, you're going to lose the 99% because not many people are going to want to play it because of how difficult it's going to be. Yes. We all saw that at the end of Town Hall 15. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the pros um, loved it, I think. It was hard, right. hard enough for them. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to, you know, please everybody just like in life. You're not going to, you can't make everybody happy, but you know, just with the balancing thing, you have to find the happy, try to find a happy medium that works for everybody. Yes. Jim, you already weighed in on this, but I want to ask Kat, do you find like this is the third event in three months that we're going to have, right? We had Lava Loon uh, and I Mm -hmm. I can't remember any of the other Halloween troops. And then we had the cookie event and now we're about to hit this Lunar New Year one. Do you feel like it's, they're kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, pushing you to play their way, you know, use these new things. Are, are you feeling like it's too much? Uh, let's see. Um, I, personally, I I love the events. Like, I'm, I think they're a lot of fun, but you have this time of year where, you know, there's different seasonal things happening, you know, Halloween and the, you know, the winter holiday one and, and now Valentine's Day, Lunar New Year, like one after the other type of thing. And it it just... You don't want it to get to the point where it, people get jaded. You know, I'm trying to find the right word to describe it. You, you sort of get used to it and you're starting to expect it. So then what are they going to do in the quote unquote drier months yeah. to, get, to keep people engaged and excited? I think they need to find a way to space it out. So maybe not necessarily tie it to Halloween particularly or Christmas, but find a way to space them out a little bit so that people... Or maybe in, in, in every event, maybe you don't have these special overpowered troops. You know, like for Lunar New Year, maybe you don't have something that's going to just crush every base. Crush you know, every you, base, yeah. Yeah. And 
sort of, yeah, I, I just don't want it to become something that people get too used to. And then when there's nothing, then they start crying about it. <laughs> so people don't complain about Clash of Clans, do they? Never, never. <laughs> Speaking of complaining. Yes. Um, do you guys think Supercell's doing a good enough job communicating with the community? Peter, I'm going to ask you this too, but we'll, we'll talk to Jim about this first. Like, for example, they announced the short uh, SCCWL for February, just kind of out of the blue for, I mean, I'm sure most of the content creators knew that it was coming, but they weren't allowed to say anything. But all of a sudden, two days before we're ready to spin, you know, Redthorn had rosters done for every one of our clans. We, you know, based on the seven day uh, war, seven war uh, CWL. And then all of a sudden we had to rearrange everything for five wars. So do you think that's fair to the Clash of Clans community to do something like that? Or do you think they need to do a little bit better job communicating? Jim? So I actually didn't know about that until just now. I thought that it was, so in our clans, we you know, we spun in both of our clans mm -hmm. this morning and we had just gotten out of wars. So I thought that that was because of, you know, we spun a war right as CWL was starting. So I thought we were late to the party with our spins. Ah. I had no idea that that was a, a supercell decision to spin a, a short CWL. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, maybe as far as that goes, maybe more than, you know, two days notice would be kind of helpful, especially when you have big groups of people in your clans that, you know, you have to spin multiple clans for. Like we, you know, we always spend 15 people mm -hmm. or like 15 spots in our our wars but when it comes to cwl we always go in with between 18 and 20 and we rotate right. people out yep. throughout the course of the week and i have no idea how that's going to work now i'm in with all three of my accounts between both of our clans so i'm planning to you know on at least two of them i might get one more each mm -hmm. with you know having two less days where i might have had three or four, you know, I might only be getting one. I know I'm going to be in almost every day on my main, but on my other two accounts, I might only get one war the entire week. Yeah, now that's going to be tough. There's two less days. So, yeah. you know, especially with, you know, the ore being well, exactly. a hot commodity right now, yeah. you know, everybody's trying to get their equipment upgraded. So that was kind of my whole premise of wanting to do Normally, I just spend my main in CWL, but now that I'm bringing my other two accounts in, the whole kind of intent behind it was to get as much ore as I could and get the medals mm -hmm. as well. And now I have to kind of, you know, reformulate my plan and try to figure out how much more time I need to commit in lieu of having these matches now. Yeah, for sure. Peter, what do you think? I have terrible. I just, you know... Two days notice is not enough, right? We we start talking about uh, CWL and splitting up the clan basically when clan games begin. So, you know, mm -hmm. they could have given us a week's notice. Poor old Magnus had the schedule set. I know you had one set in the rated. It just, wow. I, I think they could have done a way better job. I, I just don't think they know. I, they have to know though, right? We're almost 45 daily accounts in Redthorn and we can only run 15 in champs. Of course, yep. we're going to have to shuffle people, and we and we still think the requirement of eight stars to get your max medals is in place. So you know, it really left us no options but to run less people, you know, and we're running basically fifteens in the two clans, and then spread thirties over everywhere else, yeah. just just to get people in. And I know they're saying, "Oh, we'll give more bonuses," but you know, that's not really the point. I, I think they don't know what leadership had to go through to get these these clans set up. And and right to the bitter end, eh, Cat? We weren't yeah. sure if we had enough when the raided, and gosh. Uh, it, was it, was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, you and I were on voice trying to figure it out, and uh, we often have people from other clans looking for places for their That's right. uh, lower accounts, and, and so we're scrambling to figure out, can we do 30s in these other clans, and how many clans do we need to open up to do this? And, yeah, it was it was... You know, I understand that they're they want to make sure that the lunar troops don't interfere with SECWL. I get that, but yeah, just a few more days' notice would have been very much appreciated. Really nice. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully, they, 
fix that in the future. And we probably, well, we probably won't have to worry about something like this for another four years. So yeah, they surprised, it. they surprised us last time. I remember uh, doing the podcast yeah. after I was in shock. Just what a mess. What a mess. Exactly. I don't mind doing them once, but doing them twice. Yuck. <laughs> okay. Now to some really important questions, Jim, Coke or Pepsi? I actually wrote out a response to this. I was taking notes. Um, <laughs> kind of based off what you sent me for the for the episode today uh-huh. um if i had to pick one or the other specifically i would probably take coke oh, um i actually good haven't answer, i actually answer. haven't had i haven't <laughs> drank soda in probably three or four years mm-hmm. um i do enjoy a, a nice ginger ale every now and then um but if i had to pick a brand um i would probably lean more towards pepsi wait a minute and their line of products wait a minute um, wait a minute here but that's just the overall umbrella of products. But if I had to choose one specifically or the other, I would probably take okay. Coke. Um, and that's his final answer. More specifically, McDonald's. <laughs> <Coke> <laughs> is, like McDonald's Coke is like next level. Oh my gosh. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> like they actually have their, not a lot of people know this, but they actually have their trademark variation of the Coke recipe. So that's why there's a kind of a different flavor when you get it from McDonald's okay. versus just buying a can or a bottle. They actually bought the rights to alter the formula to a certain extent and use it for their franchises. Wow. So they have their own variation of the recipe. <laughs> All right, let's do some fun stuff here. We're going to do top five desserts or snacks. And so we'll we'll go five for each of us and then four and three. So. Jim, what's your number five top favorite? Um, I would probably say a nice slice of apple pie. Ooh, good one. Yes. With some with some whipped cream. I you know, hot take here. I'm not a fan of ice cream on pie. Mm-hmm. I'll take whipped cream any day, but I just I'm not a fan of having cold ice cream on a hot slice of pie. Fair enough. Fair enough. Peter, what about Mine you? What's your number five? Vinegar chips. And particularly Ooh. Lay's here in Canada. They they I can't eat too many of them. They wreck my mouth, but I love them. My number five would be coffee ice cream. Mm. Got to be coffee flavor. Jim, what's your number four? I would say ice cream. You know, we're fortunate enough here in the Pacific Northwest to have uh, Tillamook ice cream readily available always to us um, with their factory being just a few hours away from where I live. You know, my favorite is cookies and cream ice cream, um, but I do enjoy a nice strawberry ice cream as well or some some seasonal flavors nice. tend to catch my eye from time to time nice. peter what's your number four mine are wine gums i don't know where i got this wine habit gums. from and maybe maybe people don't know about these but they're kind of like jujubes but they're way more gelatin i think they come out of england. i am canadian <laughs> that's just true a a a my number four is maple donut mm, yep gotta be maple Jim, what's your number three? I'm going to have to go with donuts. I'm a, a sucker for a fresh apple fritter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And nothing's better after a long day of work or if you're going to work early in the morning and the donut shop's open and you swing and you grab a fresh, hot oh, donut. Yeah. No, nothing better. Nothing awesome. better. Peter? My number three is popcorn. Sit down to movies or just mm-hmm. even at home. It's like my go-to snack. Excellent. My number three is red licorice. Mm. I like, but it's got to be cold. Like warm licorice is gross. Oh, got to be cold. That's why you live in Winnipeg, just to have That's your right. licorice cold all the time. I just put it outside. <laughs> Jim, what's your number two? <laughs> number two. So I actually debated about this, but I'm going to have to say cookies. Mm. Can't come wrong. I, I love a nice gooey cookie where it's crispy on the outside and super soft on the inside okay you're talking fresh Um, home baked yeah i'm a chocolate chip kind of guy but i also love a good snickerdoodle as well i don't think you can go wrong with that i would say that's true peter my number two is butter tarts i'm not sure if my american listeners will know what these are but they're like a a tart with a a liquidy center I, i like mine with raisins but only just to counteract some of the other sweetness they're ridiculously <laughs> sweet hurts my teeth thinking about it yeah. my, <laughs> my number two is cherry rhubarb pie cherry rhubarb oh. okay yeah. my mom always used to make that so 
one of my favorites. Jim, what's your number one? Uh, I'm going to say peach cobbler. Ooh. I love a nice, properly made peach cobbler with a scoop of ice cream on it. I know it sounds weird because I said I don't like ice <laughs> cream on pie, but a scoop of ice cream on a fresh peach cobbler just brings me back to my childhood growing up on the farm. That's awesome. My number one is pumpkin pie. And I'm with you, Jim. Has to be whipped cream, not ice cream. Whipped cream on pumpkin pie. Yeah, definitely. My number one is cheesecake. And any topping? No, plain. 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 Do not put, do not fruit my cheesecake. <laughs> do not fruit my cheesecake. <laughs> so do you not like anything in your cheesecake? Like, you know, you go to Cheesecake Factory and you can get, you know, 872 different kinds of cheesecakes or do you just want plain? If, if I had a plain cheesecake. If I have a choice, uh, I will take just the plain New York style cheesecake with nothing wow. on it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's just that good. Interesting. All right, let's interesting. Let's jump into some shout outs. Jim, do you have any shout outs you want to do? Um yeah, I want to shout out to my clan, Light and Darkness. Great guys. I've been playing with them for a while. Our leader, Perry, uh, does a great job with always keeping us consistently warring, keeping us competitive. You know, our number two guy, his name is Chug. He's a dog. Always in chats, <laughs> FCing himself like no other. He always runs stupid bases where the only thing in the center is the town hall, the, the clan castle, the eagle. Everything else is on the corners or the outsides. <laughs> how does he do him yeah. more? Uh, great, yeah. actually, believe it or not. He has probably one of the highest hit rates in our entire clan. Oh, I meant more defensive-wise. Um, I mean, we all kind of struggle defensively. Um, we're this all is true. This is true. So, nice. you know, I usually pull mine from Twitter or YouTube, you know, whatever base builders post on Twitter. Once I burn through my rotation, I, you know, typically pull from those two places Yeah, to get bases for our group. Nice. All right. Peter, do you have any shout outs? I'm going to shout out all the SCWL organizers out there. I feel your pain. <laughs> uh, and also like to shout out Big Muskie. Um, her daddy had some surgery and I, he's done okay. Just was kind of a worrisome time for her. So shout out to her and a C-note for kind of picking up the slack on it, you know, I couldn't give him numbers and he's saying, I can run more war people in war, but you just got to give me numbers. And I'm like, see, no, I cannot. I am lost. I don't know. So <laughs> those guys bailed me out. Thanks. All right. I'm going to shout out Jim. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you so much again for having me. Our pleasure. And also want to shout out the entire SCCWL gang at Red Thorn who month after month after month organize but these crazy things it's mm -hmm. a thanks thankless task and i really appreciate each and every one of them so each show we're going to highlight one of our friend jezza's songs for everybody who's listening so here's another one of his original songs hope you enjoy it it's called i must leave town hall nine jake's lament enjoy
A friend of mine named Jezza wrote that song, and he told me it was the perfect Clash of Clans song. I wrote him back a letter, and I told him it was not the perfect Clash of Clans song, because he hadn't said anything at all about poison spells, or extra 30 seconds, or dark clan castle spells, or supercell ruining the balance of town all night. Well, he sat down and he wrote another verse to the song, and he sent it to me. And after reading it, I realized my friend had written the perfect Clash of Clans song. And I felt obliged to include it on this video. The last verse goes like this here. The day the poison came It frickin' wrecked the game Now I dream of lava And that's And 30 seconds Such a bore. Such a bore. Wonder what the next 
Thank you everyone for listening. The CFF is a family of clans who love to play various games such as Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, among others. You can send questions or comments to us on Twitter at RedthornCOC. To get more information on our clans, events, and podcasts, join the CFF Discord at discord.gg slash clashfiles.